I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to the Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. Today's episode of the Foyne Jones Show features a very, very special guest, and I've been I've been struggling with this intro because it's uh, it's quite an emotional one for me. The gentleman who is my guest today, he, I haven't worked for him for since I was twenty one, so that's twenty three years ago. Believe it or not, show my age. Um, but at forty four years years young, I still call this person boss, which just shows the impact he had on my life and my career. Mark Tanner. Thank you. Welcome very, to the show, Peter. Thank you very much. Thank you for uh, well inviting me on. It's an honour to be honest. Uh, Mark, when we when we came up with the idea of the Foy and Jones show to bring people, personality, figures from builders, merchants, manufacturers, KBB to life, you was always on the top of my list. So to get get you on today is absolutely brilliant. But I know a lot about you. The listeners don't. The connections don't. So I think just to just to kind of set the scene, Mark. Yep. Just you know, just just spend a couple of minutes just talking about who you are, where you've worked, what you've done, and bring yourself to life, sir. Right. Okay, Peter. Uh, how long we got? Quite. Uh, how can we put it? I left school in eighteen fifty. Uh, sorry, nineteen seventy six. Uh, I went in, did a six year plumber apprenticeship. Fully indentured, ended up uh, with all the city and guilds, still got the little scroll at home, and uh, ventured out being a plumber. Fancied a career change. Uh, life on site is uh, great, uh, but I was advised the first I started, what the hell am I doing here? Uh, but after six years of doing it, I did feel I wanted a change, and I went down a office route, and to learn, obviously, office experience, and I worked for a good old uh, environmental health in Camden Council. Which was educational, right at the heart. Where'd you grow up, Mark? What part of the world? Uh, part of the world is uh, Hatfield, and then moved over to Kent. So I've seen be- best of both worlds, Hertfordshire and Kent, and uh, and I've been in Kent most of my life now. Mm. So I've been quite experienced and travelled around a little bit. So 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 plumber's apprenticeship into office, and, and I guess at some point you arrived at the business most people would kind of associate with with Mark Tanner. I got uh, there was an old company uh, which. Uh, was doing cast iron drainage, a uh, company called Windsor. Wind- Windsor Drainage? Windsor Drainage, Windsor Limited, up in Harrow Road. And again, I got asked to go for an interview, and obviously from fitting the staff, working on big projects, biggest one to date, I mean, was the Tesco's at Seven Sisters, where we had two years doing all the drainage and all the internal plumbing and heating. So it was a logical step for me to go, and I fancied selling it, I like talking, I can talk the talk. And I went and had an interview, and from there it went from you know went on and on and on. So so on the on those early days, you know when you were when you was on site and then at Windsor Drainage, did you have a master plan? Did did you did you did you have an idea of where your career, career would take you? Did you have a, a dream you wanted to fulfil, or like many of us, did you just fall into something? When I left, well, when I left school, it was a case of uh, do what you want to do work wise. Right. So it was like my dad gave me six cards. I picked the plumbing one. I wanted to play centre midfield for Fulham, Mark, but I ended up working for you. Right. Okay. So, well, yeah. yeah. But then your dreams came true. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think I went through the apprenticeship, did the college bit, and then yeah. ventured out onto my own. I think when you are young, some people do want to become a footballer, an hour footballers, or a jet fighter pilot. But uh, I worked on sites, and I enjoyed site life. I mean, it gave me a valued. 
experience into working with different trades, seeing different levels of construction. And the company which took me on was very old traditional. I worked in Downing Street. I've worked on some very prestigious work and high high market stuff. So I was very fortunate. Okay. So so let's talk about the 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 position that people or the company that people would really you know see you as most familiar with you know it's, it's where I work for you, um, and it's where you know people will people would immediately get. So Travis Perkins Trading Company Limited. So so talk to me about that journey, Mike. Where that started, how it panned out. And where you are now. Right, okay. Well, actually, uh, there's, there's a, you're actually saying that. The actual Travis Perkins started with Sandal Perkins for me. Sandal Perkins, okay. And I got asked uh, by someone in the company to go for an interview. Did I want to leave Windsor's and go and become a sales representative for Sandal Perkins? Which Who I, was that? Who asked you? Uh, a gentleman called Tony Elliott and John Carter. So two, two reasonable players in the merchant game. Yeah, and mm. I was very fortunate uh, I had the interviews mm. and I went from there. And the, the, the irony is uh, Samuel Perkins, or then Travis Perkins, brought Windsor's out uh, as a specialist drainage yeah. merchant and for the location. So Samuel Perkins was, at the time, very good in the south, not so strong up north in the Midlands. So then you had the mix with Travis and Arnold. Travis Arnold yeah. And then it went from there, basically, which obviously a good acquisition for them. It made us go all the way up into the uh, the Highlands, and it was a good fit, and the business grew from there. So I started as a representative working in the Croydon, Surrey area, and again, it, uh, working with people uh, on a site level, but then going into a sales uh, environment, there isn't too much difference. People buy from people, mm. and I was very fortunate. I had a good brand behind me. Some part in this show, part during this podcast, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share with the listeners a couple of things you did for me in my life, in my career, which I've never forgotten, um, and and there's something which I think they, that, that should be shared because they are so powerful that they made a difference, and and that's leadership, that's inspiration, that that's that's management, but I think if we break it down and just just share this properly, you gave 32 years of service to to one employer. Yeah. All right. So. During that journey, you know, and, and what, how long was your sales manager from, Mark? Uh, 25 years. So it's 25 years. So, so you know, so 25 years, a pony in my money, 25 years as a sales manager. Let's, let's just talk about some of the, the highs, the lows, and share with us some of your memorable moments. I've got a few I'm going to bring to life, but I want right. to hear it from yeah, you. That's okay. I mean, right, you put me on the spot there, Pete, but when you actually think back, and I've got quite a good long-term memory now, uh, no, highs and lows, right, you put me on the spot, I would say the lows for me, going through, you know, two tasty recessions wasn't much fun, and sometimes when a business, you know, and it has to make decisions, mm. the lows for me is when you've got to say goodbye to good people, but it's how you do it, it's like being a vet and putting someone to sleep, you do it with compassion, yeah. but, you know, anyone who says it doesn't affect them shouldn't be doing the job, right. so they're the lows for me, I mean, I, I've always been a winner, going out and... Uh, Getting figures is important. That's the key thing. We're here for profits and how we achieve them. So again, you know, I don't like it when I'm not achieving. I need to win. Highest, I think it's about developing people. I mean, again, I you know repay some of the compliment to yourself. I mean, seeing people develop, seeing people flourish, people do well, and and see them nicely up their game, not just at work, as people as well. If I played a little part in that, then it's been a bonus. 
I mean, they're the highs. If, you, if you're actually looking at highs for me, in particular work, I've got outside highs. Uh, I've done charity work. I've mm. done, we can perhaps cover that later on. We'll cover, we'll, we'll talk about your passion right. and interest okay. outside of work. Yeah, that's I've, okay. got, I've got that broken down into Mark Taylor, the husband, the dad, the yep. granddad, yep. the Arsenal fan, the walking, the cycling, yep. and the Look military down. history. So we're yep. going to get all oh, that yeah. in there. Um, but I, I had a video market. It went out on LinkedIn. Loads and loads of views. It was one of our most viral last year. And I was talking about the role of a sales rep. And in that, I nicked something from you, which was like the tougher sale is the internal customer. You know, if you don't win the hearts and minds of the internal customer, you have got no chance, no matter how good you are Correct. on the field. And, that, and that's something that, that you taught me really young. It was to, to do the basics. But I remember, you know, going to see a customer off the old, old, up, you know, down the old Kent Road, and I sat down in the reception, and you were disgusted at me. You made me get up, and you said, we never sit down because we're always going to be in control when we shake hands that stayed with me ever since and, and I still don't now and I got it straight away and it's something that, that just is so simple but it's just that that little bit of bit of neurolinguistics which can give you the edge in terms of a show and they, they're looking around the room you know oh my god there's a Charlton fan oh is that your kids you know what I mean is that your oh do you ride a bike and all of a sudden you're humanizing someone and your personality's coming out and they're talking about themselves and you become someone they remember I say this a lot on my shows, the world is full of forgettable people. If you're someone that can be remembered, you've got half a chance. But then you've got to, you've got to do the basics. So, so, talking about your time at Travis Perkins, okay? So you've had an amazing pathway of people that have come, come through your teams, yeah. yeah? You know, you're a good trainer, good people person, inspirational. I remember your speeches at the conferences and stuff like that. All right. So, so if you could like put a five-a-side team together of some of the characters that work for you, where would I be playing? Oh, you're centre forward. Centre forward. There you go. Thank you. I'd call you Superman. Yeah. Oh yeah, like Malcolm McDonald. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. You got some characters, though, mate. In, in I, that team. I have had some characters, and I think you, you used the football analogy well. Mm. I mean, again, you want people who score goals. Yeah. You want people who can uh, take advice and listen. Uh, and tweak their game up. Just take you back a little bit. I mean, you said to me about, you know, teaching you some stuff. You were young, you were headstrong. And there's lots of people who are like that who don't take it on board and just fade away. Well, you made, you know, you, you made sure I had the ability to listen and kind of like, that's that's part of growing up, isn't it? But it is about growing up, but some people don't ever grow up. And the thing mm. is, with sales, you talk about the wingman. You are one of these people who thought you could do it all, but you need everyone else as well. And then it's getting the people in the branches to work with you and actually to get that across and that you need each other. Mm. You're, you're, you're like the scout looking for the Indians, seeing the smoke, and then it's what you do with the Comanches, mate, I'm not going anywhere near them at all, because they're, they're, they're hardcore, mate. They're hardcore, Comanches. But no, five-a-side team, I'd like to think, yeah, I, I, could put, I could put people out there. I've got some good defenders. I've got people who put their foot in where it hurts, mm. and people who will run and run and run for and you. And you've got people who've gone on the Champions League, Super League, World Stop. Cup winners and stuff like that, and yeah. they've all come through that Mark Tanner dip or yeah. school of excellence or whatever. You know, it's it's there, there. There are things that 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 have had impact on my career. There's certain moments in my life. You know, there was there was losing my granddad. There was kind of you know the federal Hamilton Funnel Council telling one name that that we couldn't buy the flat. You remember that? You, you yes, know, you helped me get my first yes, mortgage, yes, right? Yes. So bang, and then I went through. You know, Jane was pregnant with Harry, so you know I'm I'm 23, and I went through a really dark time when I lost my best mate. My best mate was murdered. So. That was awful, you know, and I remember having breakfast in your house with you, I remember you were there for me. You don't forget that, and all right, that was a long time ago, and I moved on to be a sales manager, but, but I never had a dad, and, and genuinely, that 
probably kept me on the right tracks. And I want to say thank you here. Oh, you will. Because cause I mean that. You know, I, I genuinely, genuinely do mean that. There's also one other more fun story. It's a bit dark, so I'm going to bring a bit of fun into it. Do you remember my car got towed away? Yes, I do. Yeah, okay. So, so obviously, I don't listen, and I think I'm okay. So I went to see a customer in Shepherd's Bush. Shepherd's Bush weren't even my patch, but I went there because it was a new account, and I wanted it, which I shouldn't have done anyway, but, you know, hey-ho. Um, and I thought it'd be okay to park on the double yellow, a bit near BBC Television Centre. Um, and I come back with a, with, a, you know, with a good customer call to see my full escort being lifted up onto the back of the tailway truck. And I, bl- and I rang you and blamed you. I don't quite know how it was your fault, but I blamed you. I unloaded. My world was ending because I was meant to go on a boys weekend for my mate's 21st in Blackpool. And I couldn't go because I had to pay all the money to get my car released to carry on doing my job. Next day, you met me at Cashpoint by Leverage. You put 150 quid in my hand and said, I can pay you back over two months. That's what a good governor does, boys and girls. That's why you're the best person I've ever worked for and why I still call you boss. Well, that's very kind, Pete. And I mean that. That's, that's nice to say that. And But you do it for the right people. Yeah. And that's the key thing. When you see qualities in people, and again, you sometimes could be, mis- mis- you know, sometimes get it wrong, but I don't usually get it you wrong. You can't, like, you know, my missus knows you, right? My boys know who you are. Like, they, they out there know, the team Floyd Jones know who you are because I refer to you quite a lot in lots of things I do. And again, that, that's, that's the power of good management. So, so I don't think I would have ever applied for that sales manager's job at 23 if it wasn't for your encouragement. Um, then I had to move and, you know, whatever. But, but it's been... The one thing I know is the people I talk to that have worked for, worked for you, they all remember something positive or something funny or something passionate. And whenever you comment on one of my updates or anything like that, there is love and warmth for Mark Taylor that comes through. All right? That's nice. So... We are going to spend this ne- next bit of the show, all right? And we're going to talk about the people that have influenced your career. I know, and anyone who worked for you will know, that you're, you're quite into your naval history, your military yeah. history. You've got the wit and wisdom of Winston Churchill, which was why we got that Churchill quote up there for your arrival. And I think you're a fan of Rommel as well, because he wasn't yes. a bad leader, mate. No. He, was a, he was a tactician, mate. But we can talk about Horatio, we can talk about Sir Winston, but, but where are your... I mean, you've got my son to zoo book, boys and girls, not being returned, well overdue. <laughs> but talk about the influence of your career. Right, on a work front... Uh, anywhere, mate, from anywhere. Right, well, I mean, you've mentioned some of my you know, famous icons. I mean, again, I like my history, I like my current affairs, and I sometimes think how if I could get inside their heads, how, you know, what it would be like. I mean, on a work front, I was very fortunate, as I say, uh, when I was taken on, I had some very good people around me, uh, the Tony Elliott's of this world, the John Carter's of this world, mm. and they both are, you know... Have done... they, they sell you off together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they, they took it to another level and yeah. they gave belief to me mm. and confidence in to me. To be fair, Mark, Mark, you know, you was always my number one, but, but Joe Greenow was good. Like, Joe yeah. Greenow used to have yeah. that inspirational... Yeah. You know, he'd do the little things, like, you know, for no reason, full of Man United tickets would just turn up. And you're like, you remembered me. But those are the things you remember. Yeah. And it's like... Taking... Well, I think no one has supported Fulham. Well, no, no, no. <laughs> but no, but that, those, those are natural things. because, yeah. And it's not just to buy you or win you. But it's it's just a reward do, as well, isn't it? It's a little yeah. reward, and then you give someone, you know, you give a lot back. So, so if we go through the inputs, then okay. So, so we'll we'll go. So, Tony Elliott, John Carter, anyone else in the in the in the Green Yellow Empire that's that's, that's been a Joe Insani, God bless him. Yeah, he was a good governor. 
uh, again a people's person and uh, and that was very tragic what happened to poor yeah. old Joe uh, again I've been very fortunate I don't think I've had a bad governor and at the end of the day uh, governors are there to be challenged uh, I'm very much uh, a respect person you earn my respect if they start beating me then I, I, I start to snarl but I think at the end of the day, lots of people have influenced me. And again, it's hard to say anyone in particular, apart from you know the names I've mentioned. Um, mm. I, I am a follower, mm. but I can lead as well. And again, you were in my little platoon, so you know what I'm we about. We went to war, Mark, didn't we? We went to war, well, we, we did. I, I, I genuinely, you know, 037, 375, 0375, South East I even remember my phone numbers, right? So, so those days were, I love those days. There, there was... You know, there, there, there was so much passion, and that sales team was full of characters, right? You know, we could name the great good and yeah. the weird that were in that room, but you had a nucleus that cared and really would go to work, and, and that, they were happy days. I look back now and I think, well, I didn't, I didn't really have a care. I did have a care in the world, but it was just really good fun. And taking that into when I moved into sales management, I found sales management really hard for the first five or six months. I found it really tough, and then you. Then you settle and then you realise you're actually okay and, and then my career went on. But outside of, of the working world, you know, let's talk about figures from history that inspire you, Mark. Right, here we go. I Come mean, well, England's finest, we'll start at the top. I mean, you know, if we look at England's finest, I mean, Churchill for me. Uh, and I use Churchill, I mean, he made a lot of mistakes, but likewise, he kept coming for the hour during the Second World War. And I just think that's the ultimate for me in crisis management. Mm. I mean, when you look at whatever we we do in our own little worlds, we have to make decisions. Imagine that bloke thinking we've got three months food supply left and it's all being torpedoed in the Atlantic and you've got to make decisions and, mm. and, and, and tough decisions. And I just think at the end of the day, you weigh up and you think what that man went through, sleepless nights and probably half the speeches he made were when he was drunk too much scotch. The pressures, you know, this country could fall. So you just try and take some of that. You think, you know, you've got to take your hat off to them. Whatever you think of politics and, and war, it's not pleasant, it's horrible. Mm. And, you know, with respect, we've just celebrated 75 years of uh, D-Day. And you just think what that man must have gone through. Mm. Again, Nelson, another one of mine. Horatio. Horatio. Yeah. Now, again, you know, when you think what that bloke did. I love my messages from you, Mark, whether it's attached or an email, because there's always a bit of banter, there's always a bit of a history quote or something on there, and I, I go looking for it as well. I expect it. Well, I can see you've got some ink, Pete. I mean, I've, yeah, I have, I, I've yeah. actually got, uh, you know, one of Nelson's little quotes, okay. England expects, and I've got all the little flags on the back. So I I've, do... I've got the last uh, I've got the last paragraph of if here from Kipling. I've got it on the table right there as well, but um, I've got, and I've got cover-ups with some really bad tattoos, which I had when I was far too young about the football team. So that's why the Black Inks took a taken over. But people, when you look at, it doesn't have to be in war or, or you know, military and stuff like that, but you look at people like leaders in politics, uh, and again, you just can learn so much from listening to people, and there's good, the bad, the ugly. And I think, you know, when you actually look, everyone's got different heroes, and it could right. be a centre forward, or it could be Churchill, or it could be, I like my history full stop. And I just think you learn a lot about yourself and actually being in sales, you have to be able to talk on A to Z. Mm. So whether you like Brexit first or you time, don't. First time I met you, Mark, was I was working at Travis Perkins in Fulham. God rest its soul. It's now part of the new hotel, mate. Yeah, Alan and my, my assistant manager, who you know very well, on my first day sent me round the betting shop and the cash. That was my induction. Um, I won't tell you what, what Keith did on my sales rep induction either. But, uh, Keith Goodwin. Yeah, Keith. I mean, listen, listen, there were some characters. But I remember going to Vauxhall uh, for a day's training on cheap material sales. And you, you, you come in and I was just a young guy on the counter doing some admin, just come up there. And, and, I, and I, I sort of walked out of there thinking, wow. You know, and I was... In, 
empowered, inspired by that. And that's 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 not just what you say; it's how you say it. It's how you leave people. And you know, so so you you can try and bring to life your own experiences and your own journey. But but ultimately, it's yourself that makes it happen. And and I've got something here, and it might be a bit edgy, and you know, you don't have to answer it. But do you think the the, the sales manager's role, which I did and which you did, uh, do you think that really exists now in the modern world? It's changed, and I think. Yeah. At the well, end... why has it changed? I think businesses are looking at uh, different operations, different yeah. ways of working. Sometimes it goes full circle and you arrive back where you started. But ultimately what hasn't changed is the actual spark needed between customer and supplier. And I think that is so, so key. And I think nothing beats face-to-face. Mm. I'm very much, I know it's a tech, you know, technical world we live in now, but nothing beats looking in the eye. Nothing beats handshake. And I think it, it, you have to have trust. And I think the only way you can gauge that is by going to see someone's business. You mentioned walking into an office. Straight away, you can look on the wall and you can pick out who does what and jobs and what pictures people have got and ask questions about it. And you start that thread and that thread gets gets bigger. So the role of the sales manager, you're still motivating people, hopefully. Mm. Hopefully those people who work for you get up in the morning and are motivated. They have their ups, they have their downs. But that is one of the key things you learn. So when you say, you know, that step up from being your own boss, being a sales rep, actual then managing 8, 10, 15 people who have got to come and do what the company wants. When I first got my sales manager's job, I was managing 23 people, which is too many anyway, yeah. and every single one of them was older than me, and I was from West London. They all from the Oh, it was, it was fantastic. That was a big challenge, because yeah. I can see that. They all talk yeah. differently. Oh, no, it wasn't that. I mean, it was just the, uh, it was just, you know, I, I know better than you, but, but actually, I'm still friends with a lot of them now, and, you know, I got probably more right than I did wrong, but you, but you can't, you know, you only learn, and I think, my younger self, I was, t- I was probably over passionate and over, you know, and I and I had to learn to take my time and let things, you know, evolve naturally. You can't always do it right now. For me, going out with someone for the day, there's two ways you can play. I can ring someone up the night before at five to five and just say, look, by the way, my day's been affected tomorrow. I'm coming out with you, and put someone on the spot and see how well they plan and how organised they are. You know, very quickly if they yeah. know their customers or not. But for me, nothing beats a good planned day, seeing good customers and spending time with that individual and actually listening to that individual. I, I always used to want to spend more time out with you, but but I, but I, I think I got left alone so I was doing all right. Do you know what I mean? But it's yep. uh, but but I always used to used to relish that because I guess I like showing off. Do you know what I mean? So so I want to show off, and but you want to. Know. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I just think some individuals need a little bit of help. They do. You know, a coaching day, a developing day, and also giving praise at the end of it. But likewise, saying to that guy, pull over. And if we spent two or three hours in a lay-by talking about what you should be doing and how you're doing it, and you're not doing it, but giving good, sound advice, then it's been well worth it. And actually taking interest and saying, how did the barbecue go at the weekend? And actually knowing a little bit, not because you have to know about their families, because you want to know about them. And it's two-way. You want that day to be good. So at the end of it, you can have a debrief. You can actually, you know, talk about the good bits, the bad bits, and have that honesty. Son to zoo. Treat, exactly. Treat, treat, treat your soldiers like you would your son. Exactly. And yeah. that's for me. So, but bringing you back to, you know, answering the question, has the role changed? That hasn't gone away. There's lots of stuff. I mean, again, I look at it like the 110-metre hurdles now. There's one every 10 metres. And again, you don't want another hurdle in between another hurdle. You want to go out with people and have a positive day. And I just think, you know, all businesses want more from you. They all want the same thing, results and profits. That's what it's about. Never lose sight of that. But what you mustn't lose sight of as well, customers have a lot more options. There has, mm. It's not just, you know, 
Travis or Juicens or whoever you're talking about. There's a lot of other good companies out no, there. And, and you're playing a different game. You know, the, 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 the size of the network the Nationals have means that means the branch manager population is different to what it was when you had those branches. So so you if you are up against a strong independent with big hitters on a telephone, you've got to do a there's a different way you have to go to work because you know the the flag will get you an account. People will want to deal with you. Um, but it, it's trying to just just make that work. It's like I was talking my, my youngest boy Henry. He's working for a landscaper in Sussex, right? And they have accounts with nationals, but they prefer to use the Sussex Independents. Yep. And I was talking to the governor about it. Why? He goes, well, they just know my name and they want to talk to me. And I, and, he, and I just think, wow, you know, like I made sure my branches knew that. But but if you're not on that all the time, it's really hard. And I'm not saying that in any way derogatory to the people that are, that are in the stri- in the chair with the stripes because you've got so many different pressures now. Um, and Mark, I'm 16 years, I think, or even more than that, out of merchant. So, so the game's really changed for me. But, but I do think that that sales management role with a with a team of direct reports managing remotely, you know, they're the most sought after in the industry. You know, people want those jobs, but few people have the ability to do it because you have to be able to command the respect to the branch managers without a a, a, a well, you've got a dotted line, but not a real line of reports. So they, they've got to respect you to do what you want. You've got to play the politics games around the directors because they all want a slice of year and they're, and they're all there. And to do that for 32 years and do it as successfully as you've done, fair play, Mr. Taylor. Well, thank you very much. I mean, I think if, if, if what you've got to get installed in your people, a rat earns respect from a branch by going in there with an old inquiry or a new account. And that is the ultimate, is how you do it. No one, everyone's very quick to knock a rep. Um, I got told off for some of my tactics. They were they were dishonest. Apparently. Well, you can push you push boundaries, <laughs> Pete. But what, the thing is, at the end of the day, it is about results, money, and that seal. So everyone talks about. I love them days. Do you know what I mean? Well, they, and that's, they, they have not changed. But you, you will judge someone about what they bring in your branch, and that's the key thing to it. Likewise, I ended up being a marriage counsellor between rep and branch manager quite a lot. See, that's the one thing I never had. I, I remember you saying it to me, and to be fair, Dave did as well. But but it was like you know. Just get the manager on board. Yeah. Just you know, if they need you to do stuff that's a bit outside the job description or whatever, just do it because mm. they're going to remember what you do. They remember that and how you react to that much, and you take the doubt away, don't you? And it's putting that shift in and doing doing the basics that, that makes that makes such a difference. If you've got a rep who's doing it and then he's getting criticism from a branch about you know visibility and profile, you just feel like giving the manager the keys and say, "You go do the job for a day." Now, with respect, there's a big difference between running a branch, which is a high uh, pressured role, likewise being a rep as well, being self-motivated, hopefully getting up at the right time, putting a good shift in, and that's half the thing, discipline. When I when I was repping for Vauxhall, 0372, yeah. and uh, South West London, um, Chris Larkin, God rest his soul, yeah. was the branch manager there, and uh, he's another inspirational person, right? And I remember Chris saying to me, Jonesy, like, I like you, you're from Fulham, I'm from Fulham, you know, we're going to get on, I know you're a good rep, that not out there, think you're lazy, playing golf every day and do nothing whatsoever for this yeah. branch, you've got to get them on board. Spot on. And, I, and, and that, then it's easy, because I'm like, oh, that, put me in front of them, let me come to your salesman, I'll take them all out one by one. You know, and you, and you take, some of them become good reps, the ones yeah. you took out, you know, and you know the people, the, yeah. the Walshies, the Provenzales. Yes, yes. You know, but you're also then putting them in a situation where a customer's giving it to you over their, over their desk or on site, and all of a sudden, then you buy them a bacon sandwich and say, look, can you do this quote for me? And you can do that there. But it is it is about standing up to be counted. And you need to know that if it does go pear-shaped, you've got a governor who's got your back. And, and again, 
that's that's what you did for all of your team. Right? I had it once. You talk about going pear shaped. When I first started with Sandal Perkins, oh, I, is it exciting? This is good. Yeah, no, I, I I had an individual who actually touched me and poked me about do this and do that. And I nicely, you know, went back to my sight life and I just said to him, look, you know, my dad wouldn't do that to me. Stop it mm. and leave it like that. He's a customer. He was a customer, yeah. and I was twitchy. I think do yeah. I lump him or do I take that? But I just yeah. calmed the situation down and, in fairness, sorted out his problem. He went on holiday, came back, he had his credits. But there, there is a line with me, and I think with your people as well, I think you need to endorse it. I've had people come in and say, I can't do this job anymore, give me the keys. I literally went for someone. And again, you try and talk them around, but if it's not for them, you can't have a, uh, a maniac on the loose. No, there. you can't. Do you know what? I remember once when um, I wasn't working for you, but I was in the Southwestern Sales Manager, but I was doing some work in Wales. And normal TP acquisition, so the branch was... Yeah, it was it was not the independent. It was now a TP. I went to see the biggest customer, um, and they were talking to each other in Welsh, and it was getting a bit edgy and stuff like that. So I'm from West London. I'm in my early twenties, and you know I'm putting their prices up. Don't need it. You know, and I remember just saying, look, you know, I I only speak English. I can't play this game. I'll get someone else to come back. And they said, well, you can't just walk out. I said, I'm not prepared to be intimidated like this. And I, I can help you, but and in the end, we, we all was overcome. It all blew, and like, in, but you know, good people can see that it was unfair what they were doing, and you get over it. But yeah. again, it's um, it's all part of learning about it. They say you mustn't take it personally, and I think you've always got you know. At the end of the day, they just see you oh, as somebody. Everything personally. Well, I do, but <laughs> what I'm getting at, they just see a green and yellow, or a blue and gold, or whatever colour you wear, and that's yeah. what they're venting out. And when it becomes, when it does become personal, or they are dig physically digging you out, then that's a line I won't tolerate. <laughs> Okay, Mark, listen, this has been a fantastic episode of the podcast. You've now, in your own unique way, brought to life 32 years at Travis Perkins. What I want to talk about now is Mark Tanner away from work. Right. You know, I've got round your house once or twice, but, you know, so I know about your family. But let's talk about Mark as a family man, your passions, your interests outside of work. Let's kind of humanise you. Right. Who is Mark Tanner? Right. Ah, good question. Uh, I have quite a few interests. I mean, without doing the normal, I like sport and I like walking and I like cooking. Well, we're going to do the football too. Okay, okay, you can put okay. It out there. okay. Well, I do like a bit of that. But I mean, yeah. I got into doing some charity events. Uh, I felt that I wanted some challenges. Yeah. And one of the challenges I did, uh, I did Mount Kilimanjaro, which was yeah, good for charity. I lost my mother through cancer. So I thought, selfishly, I want a challenge for me and I want to raise some money for a good yeah. cause. So that, that was good to get involved with. I just turned up at Heathrow, I met 15 other people and we flew out to Tanzania and the rest is history. But, you know, it's one of those learning curves where unless you've climbed 19,500 feet, you've got high altitude and you can't train for that unless you've got a high altitude But your patience drops as you go up. It, it does as well, yeah, and you start to see things. But, yeah. I mean, again, for me, the buzz from that, there was two, the, the, the night before you, you get acclimatised, you, I've got two lads who are a lot, lot younger than me who were like faltering and nicely I coached them up because they had sponsors riding on the back of it and we we forfeited getting up there at sunrise but we actually got up there an hour later. You say that we don't get them not paying expenses. Well yeah, yeah there is a bit yeah. of that yeah but I got them up there so that was a buzz oh, for really. me so I thought I'm in, I'm into the charity thing so then 
I then got, got into cycling, and then I did a, uh, I, I rode across the width of Mexico from uh, the Atlantic to the Pacific coast, again from Macmillan, middle of nowhere. Everyone thinks Mexico's Cancun and Acapulco, but I saw the real Mexico, yeah. which was a good buzz. So I, I started to get into that. I think we all do. We, we can't do enough for charity. Likewise, I'm, I got a bit out of it for myself. So I've always done that. So going back to work, I've done London to Paris. I've done the Mighty Hike last year, 26 miles from Brighton to Eastbourne. I, I like to do things like that. I like to push myself. Sorry? You hiked from Brighton to Eastbourne and yeah. did pop in and see me? Well, I'm sorry, Pete. No, I mean, we're well, killing the episode right now. It was England or England, Sweden, I think, last oh, year in the okay. World Cup. Yeah. It was a baking hot day, so I actually mounted the Seven Sisters, and I can say, yeah. you know, nicely, that was good going. So I like to do different things. So again, I am quirky. My family's paramount to me. Uh, I've got two sons, Harry and Miles, 26 and 28, and I'm now a granddad. So again... You know, there's a lot of good things. You know, I've experienced family. Is, you know, I've been with my wife, childhood sweethearts. We've been married 34 years this year. So again, like with my TP marriage of 32 years, I've got 34 years of marriage. So again, you know, it's been varied. And again, you know, I'm quite fortunate. I've got I, my interests. I like the military, as I've told you. I've done the World War One battlefields. Uh, I do a lot of World War Two stuff. I live near Biggin Hill. I don't even have to see a Spitfire. I know what the Merlin engine sounds like. And I do get goosebumps when I hear it. So, yeah, if my life was going to end tomorrow, I think I've achieved quite a lot in my own little way. And again, I'd like to think I've made a difference. And that's the key thing. If I had to have that written on my tombstone, that would be it. I've made a difference. And I hopefully affected and made other people's. One thing I haven't mentioned before, back 2017, uh, I went to a friend's 50th out in Portugal. A friend of mine decided he'd had enough of business and retired and took a load of friends out to... to uh, Portugal, lovely villa. One of the things we actually did, we had pool games. Yeah. I was up against lots of youngsters and stuff like that. Well, I actually died in the swimming pool. I actually actually yanked out and my wife brought me back. I had to have Gee. CPR. And again, I turned blue by all accounts. All I remember is I was the last one to go and I had to beat one and a half lengths. So I actually did two lengths. And all I remember hearing cheering and stuff like that. And the last thing I remember, that was it. Next thing, when I woke up, Everyone standing around me, crying, all upset. My wife, and the first thing I said, did I win? And that's God's honest. But, I shouldn't laugh. Oh, no, 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 no. But it, it was it was a poignant moment. I yeah. mean, to have CPR, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I didn't know whether I've got to heaven or hell. So that's one thing that will stay with me. So another bit of ink I've got is a phoenix on my back. Yeah, for the so, flames. So, 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 it gives a different, a completely different perspective on, on every single day, I big guess, time. and every single moment. It does. Big and, time. And some of the things we get stressed out in the world don't, they don't really matter. At the it? time, you get stressed out, but when you actually step back and actually weigh yeah. it all up, that was my little, not claim to fame. But I, I was talking to my missus about it the other day, and we talked about like the world still turns, and she's like, yeah, but like sometimes she said, as much as you wind me up and you dig me up, you said that the other day, and you probably, and we were arguing about something wasn't even important because we're, we're, oh, Jesus Christ, so we're. So we uh, we were twenty and eighteen. So we're twenty four years together. Do you know what I mean? So so you got your highs, your lows, and you've got your you got your children and everything there. Um, and I think like you know what I've noticed is we had children young. So you know Harry's about to turn twenty one. Henry's about to turn seventeen. And kind of the role of the parent really changes. And we've got we're funny enough we're going to Portugal <laughs> next week. So hopefully I won't die. No. But we're all going to get we're all going to give it Portugal. So it's probably the last time yeah. that you know we can go away like that together. And and we're really like kind of sort of looking forward to this one because like it does all change and the role of a dad and a mum is different and I think Jane really it took a while to deal with that when like they're growing up and whatever, but 
we're still close and we're still 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 tight like that and we can have a laugh together we can go out together you're not embarrassed about each other but to for you to go to that that point be brought back you go in again uh, fair play to you fair play to you about Kilimanjaro no Pasanada when you're going across Mexico the walking and running that's the person that's that's the belief you've got that's the competitiveness Let's talk about your football club. Why are you a gooner? Right, well, born and bred up there, Holloway Road, before we moved out to Hatfield. Uh, before you got posh? Sorry? Before you got posh? Before I got yeah. posh, yeah. Uh, always loved the Arsenal. It's a garden city, Hatfield. Yes, it yeah. is. Well done. Oh, wow. I've got you loads of useless stats. 1971, uh, Charlie Jewell scoring a winner. I was yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things where you're born and bred and what you're brought up. The other yeah. side of the family is actually Tottenham. But, uh, no, I do like the Arsenal. I mean, again, I think uh, it goes in cycles. And at the moment, it's not where I'd like it to be at the moment. The game has changed or the structure's changed. But, uh, no, it's one of those things, like you're a fuller boy through and through. It's always going to be with you. And I think you take the highs and the lows. And I'm not just with Arsenal. They've had a lot of highs. And I think at the moment they're in uh, mediocre stage. Well, I think, Mark, that brings us perfectly onto my favourite part of the Foy Jones show. This podcast is about people, personality, a little bit of recruitment and yep. their interests outside of work. And I throw in as much football and sport banter as I, I can. I know you like your football. So, we are going to ask you five... Actually, you'd go in goal for the shootout, wouldn't you? Well, would I'd... you be like Pickers? Would you step up and took one? You see what he scored? Yes, he scored. I did, I did. Yeah. Give out a whack, didn't he, old he Pickers? Did. He did. So, okay. So, we're going to ask you five quick-fire questions. Go on. As a keeper, would you have took one as well, or would you have been like number 10 or 11? Or I would think I'd be number 10. Yeah, okay. It's one of those, it's a dodgy, yeah. the old arsehole starts to go. Mark the cat. Very good. Mark, Mark the cat. Okay, I... so five quick fire questions, no right or wrong answers. Number one, best goal. Best goal? Yeah. <sighs> Alan Sunderland. Okay. 1979. Cup final? Yeah, Man yeah. United. Yellow kit? Correct. So I've got so much stat. Oh, there you go. Okay. Now, it doesn't have to be the best player. I want you to tell me who your favourite player is to have worn the Arsenal shirt. Especially two. Tony Adams. Fair play. Okay. Captain League legend. Puts all the issues on the side of the pitch, goes to war. Very much so. Okay. Um, this, is, this is a controversial one. And again, you know, um, Highbury or the Emirates? Highbury. Yeah, it's a very special place, wasn't it? Very much so. Sit- something, about getting, sorry, something about getting out of the station and walking down and going past someone's house. In there, and that's that's the, that, and that's that's how the game has changed. I mean, it used to hold I think thirty eight and a half thousand people, and it's yeah. very intimate, a bit like West Ham in the old days. It's one of those grounds where, as you say, you've got the Art Deco stands. You you walk out the arse. It's the only football club to have its own tube station, yeah. and you actually smell the onions as soon as you walk outside at night games. See what is interesting when um, in my years of sporting Fulham, you know, when we we're in the real lower leagues, Division Four and stuff like that. When I was at secondary school. About uh, 12, 13, something like that. We used to sometimes come with Chelsea, or sometimes we just pick a random game. And Arsenal was a brilliant one because I'd get the tube for the Broadway, change it Ells Court, straight out of Arsenal, pay a quid, and you go to the North Bank. And, I, and I'd be seeing England players playing. Never really cared about the game too much, but I used to go there every now and then. And it's something, you know, it's something that's very special. I'm so pleased I got to see Fulham play there. I sat next to Liam Brady once in some really posh seats. I've sat in the, the away end and whatever. 
Um, we've never got better than the draw there, and we normally get talked when we play Arsenal anyway. But there's something for me. I, I agree. There's something special about Highbury, but I see the need for modern stadia. Sadly, I think your boys up the road have done it absolutely Spot amazing at the lane, yeah. haven't they? Yeah, very much so. Okay, so now we're going to talk about something a little bit more controversial. I've asked this to a couple of Arsenal fans on the show before. Very simple, yes or no answer. Ozil. No. We'll move on. Number five, this is just your little pitch. What's your predictions for next season? Fifth or sixth. I think the game has moved on, like we said. Unfortunately... It is about big squads and big money, and I don't think they're prepared to pay the money at the moment. They want the glory, but likewise, I don't think they're prepared to invest in it. So, I'm um, sadly, you know, the club has got to go back uh, to spending a lot more money. Whether he will, Cronky's the owner for it, don't know. Which remember it? Big pom. Which the manager? He's had a good first season. Do you know what I'm disappointed with? When he was at Seville and the other clubs in Spain. He always used to have his little, um, what do you call them on the blazers, where you've got yeah, uh, the patches. Yeah, he used to have the patches on his blazers. He, he hasn't brought them to the UK. No. no. I, I think when you look at the job, I think any any football manager, it's 24-7 football. Yeah. And Arsenal was spoiled. I mean, with Wenger, I mean, he came in at the right time. He brought in a lot of new methods. I think anyone stepping into his shoes, and it had to happen, uh, it was the right thing to do coming in. It's a tough one. But I think for a first, first, first season, in fairness, hopefully... Finishing sixth will give him the actual leverage he needs to spend a bit more because I think they, they won't get it unless they do. Well, that's been a fantastic penalty shoot. I'm just going to throw question six at you. Go on. Do you think Fulham are going to go back up? I hope so. Give me some love. Give me some love. Pete, Pete, I hope so because I think at the end of the day, you know, it's a, a London club. I think you probably hopefully learn from it. They say, you know, getting out of the championship's a hard thing to do. I think, I think we took it for granted. I mean, you know, we, we got out last time under Tigana. We stayed up for 13 years, yeah. you know, and... You just you just didn't expect to have such a bad season, but without a defence, it is what it is. But if you're saying we might get back up, I'll take that. But you've got to do like Wolves have done. I mean, Wolves have always looked good from day one, even before yeah. they kicked a the ball and they backed yeah. it out. And I think their season went above their expectations. Well, then we were we were tipped to be the most successful out of the teams that went up, and you know we weren't. We weren't at all. So, so I think you got you got to do it. But yeah, we'll, we'll see where we are. But but that's Fulham. That's Arsenal. That's the Foy Jones penalty shootout. Thank you very much, boss. Peter, thank you. It's been great. Mark. Thank you so much for coming to Foy Joe's Towers today. No problem, it's been, One, it's been great to see you. You shared a bit of emotional news that I got there. Uh, I got an unexpected phone call with emotional news about, about my boy. So so that was good to share that with you. The influence in your career, you know, the military stats is brilliant. 32 years of service with one business is admirable. But as a man, you're inspirational. You've been a big part of my success and inspirational in my life. Just got a couple of things to close the show. Right. right? If you could give advice to your younger Mark at 21 years of age, what advice would you give to your younger self? Younger self. Be open-minded. Try different things. Be yourself. Fair play. And we've spoke about your career. 32 years at Travis Perkins, an amazing sales manager, amazing person. You have got the world in front of you now. I don't know if you're going to be buying a boat and going sailing around the world or what you're doing, but what's the future hold for Mark Taylor? What's next on the journey? The, I see the journey's going to continue. Uh, I could not retire if I wanted to. Uh, I want to keep working. Uh, I'm not someone who relaxes too easily, although you need to relax. I've got a, you know, a good family network. Uh, but I like the buzz of working. And again, I'm 
put it like this, I'm hungry, I want more, uh, meeting new people, listening to new people, seeing new businesses is what it's all about for me. And again, I just felt it was time to move on. Uh, there is life out there. And again, you sometimes think, am I making the right decision or whatever? But I think, do you know what? There is life, I'm gonna go grab it. And again, it looks bright and I just wanna go and experience it. So I'm really optimistic, I really, really am, because I think, you know, if you have a bit of self-belief, and even when you have yourself little wobbles like we all do, I know what I'm about. And I just like to say, I mean, I work on, you know, I know you like your phrases, but our greatest glory is not in ever falling, but in rising every time we fall. When I look at life, I look at work experiences, sport, whatever we do, it's about who dusts themselves down. And from when you were doing it and I was doing it when we were repping, the rep who can get knocked down seven times and get up eight, this is what it's all about. So I'm really, really optimistic. And again, I just like to say this opportunity, Pete, we, go, we do go back a long way. And as I say, we haven't seen each other in the flesh for a long, long time, but that's, that bond is still there. Success is not final, failure is not fatal. Courage to continue that counts, Mark. Spot um, on. Mark Turner, I thought like Eamon Andrews here, got me read book. Father, husband, granddad, my boss, DBD, it's been an amazing show. Peter, Thank you, boss. Likewise. Thank you very much. So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do.